Welcome to another episode of The Wild Feather, where we bring you inspiring stories from female founders and investors. I'm your host, Brooke Dunwell, and today we have a guest joining us who shares her journey from corporate America to entrepreneurship. Her story is a testament of resilience and the pursuit of making the workplace fairer. Jen Henderson is the founder of Tilt, the, an HR tech company specializing in leave of absence management. Jen's story was born from her personal experience. During her 15 years on her corporate journey, she and her husband went through seven years of in vitro. This period led to Jen focusing even more on her career as probably a coping mechanism. She was a top achiever, president's club. She poured her heart and soul into her job. However, they had success and she became pregnant. And once she told her employer, her career trajectory took an unexpected turn. Overnight, she found herself facing discrimination and a halt in her career progression. It was a big turning point for Jen, but she persevered through this time and gave birth to her child, returned to work only to face a similar situation five years later when she became pregnant again. Let's dive into Jen's journey, her mission with Tilt, and her insights into entrepreneurship and her experiences in fundraising. supported by Masami. Masami is clean premium hair care with a Japanese ocean botanical for weightless hydration and shine. We love their products in my house. My daughter has really thick long hair and I have really fine thin hair and we both love the Masami shampoo and conditioner. Masami is vegan, cruelty-free, non-toxic, clean, gender neutral and works for every hair type and texture, whether straight or curly. Their products clean and moisturize their hair all at once. They've received several awards for their products and after using them, you will look like you just walked out of the salon. They're eco-friendly, sustainable, vegan, plant-based, and the company is woman-owned. For 15% off, go to Love Masami. That's L-O-V-E-M-A-S-A-M-I.com backslash the Wild Feather Podcast and enter the Wild Feather Podcast in the coupon code for 15% off your entire order. Excited to have you here with us. We have quite the treat. We have Angela Schwab, who is the CEO and founder of Easy Research Solutions, and um, she's doing some really cool things. So I'm excited to jump in and tell us all about like how you became a founder, what led you to this path, and also like all the great things that you're doing right now. Oh, thank you for having me. Really excited to share my journey in the hopes that like even one person gets a <laughs> takeaway from this. I'd be pretty happy. <laughs> I think as an entrepreneur, we all struggle. I, I like every day is a struggle, you know, so finding right. little jewels along the way is such a gift. So I hope to impart at least a couple of those 
on you and your team today. Um, so uh, kind of like my background is very unconventional. So I grew up yeah, <laughs> in Minnesota. I, I can't wait to hear the story. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> on a farm. No yeah. joke. So we had horses and pigs and chickens and cats and dogs, like literally everywhere. And no joke, I lived a mile away from the road. So my driveway was a mile long. So like, that's not like a grandparent's tale. Like that's how I grew up. <laughs> and so uh, like, the idea of like hard work, um, that was just part of us, you know, growing up. And it, but one thing that I learned very young is that there was just more, like there was so much more. There was like travel out there and people living all these wild, incredible lives that clearly I wasn't on a farm and no one I knew was living this kind of a life. Angie, you're speaking my language. I'm from a farm as well. And okay. I'm from a very small town and I probably lived two miles from, I lived on a dirt road. Yeah. We didn't have addresses. They were like route one, whatever. Yep. I lived seven miles from town, which didn't have a grocery store. Uh, <laughs> no stoplights, nothing. Right. And so yes. you have to drive 20 plus miles to get to the school. Like you have to drive 30 miles to get to the, the grocery store and a McDonald's, shall we say an hour to go to the doctor, an hour to go and, and I'm talking like Everywhere. not traffic, but I'm talking like literally miles. Like right, right, yeah. So yeah. I understand, and the whole work ethic thing. Like, I created a quote a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Thank you, mom and dad, for instilling a work ethic in me that is far and above beyond achievable than anybody else can the standards are so high it's like nobody else even like comprehends the work that you just right. it's just in you you can't do anything about it no and as a kid i don't know if you felt this way but i didn't love it <laughs> I, just, I couldn't wait I to like, get out i was like yeah like all my, my escape are doing, they're doing cool things they're playing sports and my parents are like you get one sport a year because i don't have the time to drive you back and forth i will say my parents were really good about that like my mom yeah. was adamant about getting me out in the world but um yeah i remember whenever this i mean this i want to hear all your story but this is tying into this i remember when i was um getting ready for college and I would go to visit these colleges and I was amongst all these kids that were from cities, right? And they had explored the world and they had all this, all these things to talk about. And I remember leaving like in tears, like I've never been anywhere other than like, we went to go visit family all the time, like yeah. whether it be Georgia or Louisiana or, you know, whatnot, but we didn't like explore. Right. So my parents for my senior graduation, they're like, okay, we're going to fix this. So we went on this road trip and we went to all these different places, but i uh, trying to help with that situation, but you just feel it's just a different world. I just had this conversation yeah. with someone last couple of weeks ago. It's like people from the city have no concept of what, life is really like in a small farm community and living on a farm. And if people from the farm don't have any concept 
no. what it's like to live in the city either, unless you've crossed that bridge or boundary anyway. Uh, back to you, but I digress. I understand where you're coming from. Get it. <laughs> yeah. You get it. One of the very few people who gets it. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Okay. It's so like as a kid, I bet you also had this feeling of like, there is more, like, I'm going to find it. I'm going to figure out like, how did other people do it? Whatever that mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, so I, I mean, like as a kid, the only way I knew how to do that thing was to go to college. Like that's literally the only way out that I had envisioned. Mm -hmm. um, so I did that. I'm uh, very grateful that I did it. I, I think today is a different world where you can succeed in so many ways without going to college. But uh, back then, for me, that was the path that seemed right. like the next step, right? right. It felt like the uh, only path back then. I mean, times have changed. And degrees, we didn't have all these unique exploration degrees either when I went to school. It was, they were very set in stone and they weren't, I don't know. They have so many entrepreneur stuff now at school, but it is. Yeah. Now, where'd you go to school? So I did undergrad at Iowa State in genetics. Um, and oddly enough, at the time, I always thought business was like really interesting, but I didn't think I was smart enough. Like, <laughs> ah. like making money, like no one in my family really knows how to do that well. Like, why <laughs> would I think that I could potentially know how to do that well, you know? <laughs> So, like, I was like, let me just stick to something simple, like genetics. <laughs> I don't think that sounds very simple. <laughs> I, you know, I don't, it seemed conquerable to me at the time. <laughs> That's a kid for you. Um, and then, so I, I did undergrad there, went to grad school. I got a degree, a master's degree in genetic counseling, which then allowed me to actually see patients. And mm. I was like, this is. I want to be in health care one way or another. I want to help people. And like, this is my path. Um, but then after about a few years of that, it was, okay, I'm helping the person sitting in front of me, but I'm not helping hundreds. I'm not helping thousands and certainly not millions. Like, mm -hmm. how do I expand my reach? Yeah. And I think that's, that's again, I'll kind of come back to kind of this concept that I'm always coming up with in my mind is like this bottleneck of brilliance. It's how do you distill all the should things in your lives? I should do this and I should do this and I should do this to find out like, what are you actually good at? Right. Like, and what can you make a living at that other people find value in? Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, I think that's where after my first clinical time, I was like, I need to grow. And that's where I became, yeah, took another job, you know, became a manager of a research department, then became a director, then became a consultant. I did the jobs. Um, and then it's like, then, then life really hits. <laughs> uh, uh, would this be like the midlife crisis timeframe? I think so. I yeah. think, I, think uh, I had mine probably, I would say late 30s. So I was living it up. I'm not going to lie. I'm living in Puerto Rico. I That's am awesome. Yeah, I live on the beach. I'm walking my dog on the beach every day. Like if you've ever been to Puerto Rico, like 
the food and the fun and the music and like everything is like wonderful. Like I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, um, that sounds amazing. Why are you not great, there? Right? <laughs> but the, the only problem is it's like, oh, okay, but like there's still something inside that's like you need to do more than ah. just have fun. And that, that little voice, that little, yeah. yeah. And the little voice becomes a screaming little pestilence. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I, and that's when I started like doing these like self exploration books of like, okay, maybe I'm in a midlife crisis. Am I not in a midlife crisis? Like, but why do I have this screaming on my shoulder when I made it quote, mm -hmm. right? Right. Like we, we think we've made it. And I find so many people like now I'm in my early forties, but so many people around that time of late thirties, early forties, sometimes fifties, you figure like, okay, so I made it, but I'm still not happy. Like now right. what? Right. You don't fulfill, you feel fulfilled. Like you've served the mission up until that point, right? But there's something more. Either that or I think people struggle with understanding their purpose, right? Yeah. Like either they're not fulfilled and they need to f do something or they just struggle with finding their purpose. I went through that phase where I mm. had to like, all right, what's next? What am I really doing? And what value can I add? And like, what does this all mean? Is this my life for the rest of my life? Like, I don't right. know. Right. Um, yeah. So I can appreciate that. Yeah. But I and think it's... it happens a lot. Unless, unless you're one of those people that have, I mean, there are people out there that, I hate to say it, I don't mean to pigeonhole them, but live in a box, have blinders on. They can, they're very much routine oriented and they can't, it's uncomfortable to step outside of their comfort zone. So they just stay on track. I don't know if those people are genuinely happy mm, or have joy, so. but I don't also think some of them, like I think of like my hometown, like the people in your hometown, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. They're probably all not happy. They're not changing because maybe they just don't know how they don't know what they, I, I don't know. I'm not in their body, so I can't, but. I, I think it's a combination of all those things, right? You get to a point and you're like, okay, there's gotta be more, but number one, what is my more? Like you feel this pressure to like pick something. Mm -hmm. And I think I've realized like one of the things is like, just don't pick a thing. Like, just find something that makes you smile and do it more. Right, right. Or <laughs> start exploring. To... Yeah. Yeah. Try yeah. something new. So, right. And um, this, like, you'll hear some people saying, you know, you have to chase your passion. And then other people are like, don't do what you're passionate about because that will ruin your passion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. It's like... both sides. <laughs> You got to do what's right for you. Yeah. So I'm like, just do something that makes you smile, please. Like the universe, the world, everyone around you is happier when you're smiling and fulfilled. Like, just do it more. All yeah. I ask. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because you know what? They may be, I am 
I'm living in this environment right now. So my partner, he needs to make a career transition, for example, but he works for his family business and he feels obligated to stay there. But he loves golf. So he has the exact um, battle within his mind. Well, some people say, I'll lose my passion for golf if I go into golf, right? I don't know how to make the transition into golf. I'm like, you've got all these networks. You've got all these people. Just dip your toe in. Like, you won't know until you try, right? But in the process, you're you're not only miserable, but you're making everybody else miserable around you because you're miserable. Like, this, just do something. Try it, right? Like, like literally anything. And like, yeah. I think your passion, people are like, well, then that must mean that I'm going to have to go on PGA Tour. No. <laughs> like, maybe you could just teach a couple courses or do an online education thing or like, you know, be a mentor to someone else who's coming up or go teach high school classes, like whatever it right. is, there's a right. million ways to turn your passion into a paycheck. Yeah. And you don't know what you don't okay. know until you try yeah. them. It's like trying. It's like, it makes me think of, I have a friend who was a workaholic and her kids were graduating college or high school and they're off. So now she's an empty nester. Her husband works a lot too. And so she was left with how am I going to fill my time and what do I like to do? Like, what am I going to do? And whatever. So she's telling me this. I'm like, okay, well, let's figure this out. Let's just sign up for a bunch of things that you may be interested in that even sound in remotely intriguing, whatever, and just start process of elimination. So that's what we did. We went rock climbing. She got into yoga. She did this. She did that with like all these things, tarot reading, like you name it. Wow. Tried it all. Right. And she was Sounds able fun. to. Yeah. Right. And so it was a good, a, some great laughs along the way, but she figured out and so now she knows how to spend her time but she wouldn't have done that if she would have just pigeonholed herself i guess that's so right i look at it as this i look at that as an example but just take it into the work perspective that doesn't mean that everybody needs to go out and get 20 different jobs but like you said if you have a passion dip your toe in the water of different areas right so yeah. is that what you did um i was a little <laughs> crazy again so and I don't recommend that people do this. Like, but at the time I felt like this was my only option in dealing with my midlife crisis is I hoarded money like crazy. I saved every penny I possibly could and I quit. I mm -hmm. literally quit a great job. And at the time I didn't even know exactly what I wanted to do. I was like, I'm gonna figure this out. Like, it's gonna be fine. Like in six months, I will have made as much as I had in my salary. Like things are going to be great. <laughs> they weren't. <laughs> Love you, know, you. You, know, you learn along the way. I've learned lots of things along the way. Um, but like, I have no regrets. That's great. That's great. You know, like, like looking back, it's like, okay, so maybe I don't have as much in my retirement or my savings as I want, but like emotionally, I'm so much further ahead of where I was, um, happiness wise, spiritually, like all the things 
um, I needed to do to grow to the next level. I gave myself that breathing room to do it. Mm -hmm. Hey, fellow entrepreneurs, ready to take your startup to the next level without the hiring headache? Meet Carbon3 Recruiting, your ultimate partner in building startup success. They recruit so you don't have to. Whether you need C-level execs or entry-level champs, they've got your back. Carbon3 goes beyond recruitment. They build employer branding, deliver benchmarking and market analysis, and offer outplacement services. What sets them apart? Long-lasting relationships, deep understanding of your business, meticulous market research, high quality, and more. Clients hire one out of every three of their candidates. They plan, create, and execute the perfect hiring strategy for your startup, connecting you with candidates who truly match your culture. Don't waste time on recruitment headaches. Let Carbon3 Recruiting find the right people for your startup. Visit Carbon3Recruiting.com and turn your startup goals into reality. Carbon3, your growth, their mission. Scale smarter with Carbon3 Recruiting, where startups thrive. So when you quit your job, that was in Puerto Rico? Uh, Yeah, I was a consultant. So I was working remotely. So, right? Like I had it uh, made. I'm literally working remotely from a beach, getting good money. And that still wasn't good enough. (laughs) Okay. So you save money and you quit your job. And then what'd you do? Um, So I launched my first company, which is called Ashford International. And our brand, our platform is called Ashford Wellness. And the whole idea, like all my businesses seem so disparate, but in the end, they actually still go back to that same thing, like help people break through their bottleneck of brilliance. How do we help people become the best version of themselves? So Ashford Wellness, what we do is we test natural products, CBD, cannabis, mushrooms, supplements, to make sure that they don't have contaminants in them, like pesticides and other stuff. Okay. And because literally you cannot be the best at whatever you're gonna do if you're poisoning yourself. Like, Mm -hmm. like number one most basic thing. So that was (laughs) the first business that I did. And then I've also just launched um, Easy Research Solutions. So totally different. It's a software platform that helps clinical researchers Um, streamline all of their documents. So in order Mm -hmm. for any researcher to say, oh my gosh, I think this drug is going to work amazing for X, right? Uh They have to go through all this paperwork and it's a pain and people don't love it. And, but you got to do it, you know, like for patient safety. So what we do is just make it really simple. Doctors answer questions. Our software makes the documents. Ah, Um, nice. Yeah. So the idea is just make life easier for doctors, researchers, and then hopefully bring some much needed, like help to people out there, patients out there much faster. Yeah. Okay. So let's go back to when you quit your job. Mm -hmm. How long did you stay? Where are you at now? Oh, I'm in Mexico, actually. I'm in in Playa del Carmen in Mexico. Yeah. (laughs) That's fantastic. I'm all over. I really just kind of go where the wind and sunshine takes me and just love being in new atmospheres. I find it very 
invigorating to live in different cultures and learn from people. That's amazing. I'm so yeah. jealous. Do you have a permanent residence there? Or are you just there yeah. for a couple, however long you want? A few months, at least. At least wow. like get through the snow. I am not spending another winter in Minnesota. So I love it. here we are in Mexico this it. winter. That's awesome. Okay. So you quit your job. And then how long did your self-discovery uh, go on until you figured out you wanted to start. And what did that self-discovery look like? I mean, I, I felt like I was like, I, I didn't feel like I had the mentors or like easy access to people who have been successful in business. Like I felt like I was like a total fish out of water. So, um, I did the one thing that I knew how to do, which was just read, right. Mm -hmm. Reading and listening to books and really leveling up who I consume information from. Is it going to be a TikTok or Instagram person talking about whatever on a given day? Or am I going to actually consume things that may make me who I want to become? Mm -hmm. And made that choice. And I, there's three really big books that I think are huge. And I want to hear if you've actually like read these. Yeah. So number one, almost everyone has, but if you haven't, you need to, is Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon yep. Hill. Read that. Okay. Yep. Number two, The Power of Your Subconscious Mind by Joseph Murphy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Real good. And then the fun one of like this group, I believe, is Green Light. I love that book. I love <laughs> that book. Isn't that fun? I love it. I love it. Yes. So it's like those three i mean i probably consumed hundreds but like those three like spoke to me and yeah. i think no matter where you are if you don't have that circle of people to influence you and give you what you're so hoping for like there's a book out there there yeah. is someone who's gone through it and the thing is like once someone actually finds what they're good at they share it like yeah. you're you think when you're on the bottom, like, oh, those people, they're never going to tell me their secrets or their stories, and they don't want anything to do with me because I'm not good enough. But in reality, it's like, no, everybody who's gotten to a certain level really likes to see other people succeed. Right, right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And I also think it just comes naturally. Like, I, at least from my experience, it kind of goes in waves. First, you've got to unravel or take back the layers of like what's caused or prevented like why you're here what your purpose is like fix all the childhood junk junk uh -huh. if you have childhood junk i feel like all of us do but um uh i'm reading a book right now called the body keeps score have you oh, read that one no i will yeah. add it to my list yeah it's good. Uh, so, um, then once you find your why and your purpose, then you've got to figure out how you're going to use, utilize that. Right. But then I think there's also a part of using your voice. And if it's not natural for you to use your voice, like if you don't, if your voice chakra say is clogged, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I think once you get that clear, then you want to share, you just want to share, like you just want to 
help other people, right? Like you're mm-hmm. wanting to impact and it just naturally comes out. But it does. I think that, um, I think some people may have a lot of value to bring, but they just are, have some fear based around their voice. And gosh, so many things stop us, right? It's that whole fear, like fear, I'm not good enough, or I'm not smart enough, or why would someone believe me? But in reality, when you actually, like you said, find your voice, the people will find you. Your tribe will find you, right? They will find you. Yeah. Like it's, it's okay. Like speak your voice as odd and weird and crazy as you are. <laughs> yeah. There are others like you. Yes. yes. Trust me. And they and will they love are, you. They will love you. And they've been waiting for you. Yeah. To say it. Yeah. Isn't that great? It's so reassuring. Yeah. yeah. So I, all of our, our fears really are unfounded. You should yeah. be <laughs> right. their fears. Right. Right. Yes. So when you went for your testing company, like, do you have mm-hmm. a headquarters for that? Like a shop set no, up? No. Or, no, no, actually everything's online. So we network with uh, laboratories, very well established laboratories to do the testing. We, we pick up the products. We can do like secret shopper where we find the products, we get them tested. We show the results on our website. We give a clean seal of approval so that patients, consumers, um, know which products are ah, free from these contaminants. That's interesting. Wow. Mm-hmm. And how long did it take you to start that company? Get it uh, ramped up? I think it was, it was a process. It took a while. I mean, a lot of hard bumps. So I went in initially wanting to do clinical research on these products, right? That's my background. I'm like, okay, I want to know which CBD product works for pain and which one works for yeah. sleep, and I'm going to figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> right. Right. And, and then I got into it and then I realized, wow, this is way more complicated than you could imagine because the plants are infinitely unique, right? Mm. Humans are infinitely unique. Mm. And when you layer those two things on top of each other, it is not easy to do and would take many, many, many millions of dollars. Here's the issue though, is that those products are not FDA approved. Right. And you can't do the research on say cannabis, like you think you should be able to do, even though it's sold on the stores, like in order for you to do the research on it, there's a lot more hoops that you have to jump through, which are really, really difficult. Hopefully easing up sooner than later with the legislation, but um, I just realized like there were so many things that like, oh my goodness, um, we need to focus on quality here. Like number one, if it's not quality, if people are poisoning themselves, I, it's not going to work for anything. Mm-hmm. And that's where we kind of distilled that down into, okay, number one, let's make sure people are safe. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, just thinking about that, uh, you're I mean, I can't even imagine trying to conquer that because I, I mean, I'm not an expert in the cannabis world by any means, but I know that nowadays there's so many different kinds and they do different things and how it yeah. reacts and acts with different people. I can't even imagine that world that had to be layers of complications. Yes. <laughs> and, and even in yourself, 
you might take that same product today and then you take the same in like next week, totally different reaction because you ate different foods, you had a different yes. mental state, you had whatever. So it's like wow. it's wildly perplexing, which is why I still, I'm like, ah, I'm really excited about this area of like natural medicines and how we can use like plants to make ourselves better. So, but it is, wow, an immaculate Rubik's cube, you know, <laughs> coming from someone who studied genetics, like this is, uh, this is a tough one. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. That's cool. And then yeah. how long have you had the easy research? That one, honestly, just kind of, I call it birthing the ideas, right? Because like you're given these like little specks of information from like, the ether, universe, God, whatever you call it, you get ideas, right? Uh -huh. Those ideas are given to, I believe, dozens of people across the world at the same time. Okay. And you have to decide, am I taking this idea? Am I going to run with it? Am I going to spend my life trying to make this happy and, and like grow into what it's supposed to be? So I birthed that one in August. So it's literally only just a few months old. Ah. And I was like, okay, we're, we're going with this. And, but here's the magical thing is like right now is not like any other time to be an entrepreneur. You can seriously dream up a software and bring it to light in three months. You can, you know, start a YouTube channel, have thousands of followers. You can do like so many things. If you literally like weed out all the things you shouldn't be doing and focus on like, what is my goal and how am I getting there? Yeah. Okay. So you said something that, uh, sounds very, I'm like, how do you build a software company or how do you work, build software in three months? Is there ah, some magic oh, trick? No, there's like, there's all these different, like no code builder tools uh, yeah, that are yeah, out yeah. there now. So you can get an MVP. Yeah. Is that what Absolutely. you, you did? You build it MVP yourself? Done. Yep. Mm-hmm. So wow. it's me, and then I also have a software programmer, but it's like, that's, that's where it starts. Right. And then you can test it, Pro that product market fit, get it in front of people. Will they pay? Do they care what's missing? What's not? And then at that point you can decide to scale. So like getting yourself to the point of where it's actually a legitimate business or you decide this is not a good place. Like this isn't going to work. It's not my passion. It's not, it's not the right time. Mm -hmm. Um, that can seriously happen within, you know, less than three months for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And you don't even need to like, you know, that MVP can be so, so rough. Like <laughs> the very first one I created was in like 30 days. I'm like, could I create a document by asking specific questions of people and then find a way to make it manipulate that document so that it's compliant and easily producible. Yes. Okay. So that's like step number one. Then I start showing it to like 15 people that I know. And I'm like, okay, what do you think about this idea? I'm playing with this. And they're like, yeah, I think this is, this is worthwhile. Like keep on going. So then kind of just like, you know, next step after the next step after the next step. And then you, before you know it, you're, you're ready. Mm -hmm. You're ready to really sh take your baby into the world and hopefully yeah. no one calls it ugly. You know? <laughs> how I feel. <laughs> That's funny. That's hilarious. So, uh, 
do you have any other aspirations at the moment? Because I know if you're taking downloads and you're choosing which download you're going to yeah. uh, run with, um, that those downloads can happen at any time. And sometimes they're meant for you and sometimes they're not. But sometimes I feel like you're like, what am I supposed to do with this? Uh, hmm. Maybe later. Yes, but not now. Like, write oh. it down. Yeah. I I like to do that. Gabby Bernstein, if you've ever heard her, she uh-huh. is like, it's a yes, but not now. So yeah. write it down. Right. And there's even a another way I look at it sometimes it's like thank you universe like that's a fantastic idea I know I don't have the capacity to take that on now because I'm still working on that other amazing idea that you gave me Mm -hmm. um I'm gonna write it down but feel free to let you know go take it to someone else because I'd love to see it happen so like I feel like there's that kind of dichotomy of I don't want to say like masculine versus feminine energy, but there is a little bit of like, it's mine, I must have, and like, I'm going to work on everything that kind of comes in versus the more collaborative nature, which I see women doing more. So that's the only reason I I separate Mm -hmm. that is I just see women being more collaborative of like, yeah, I can't do it all. Like you go do that. And I will (laughs) cheer you on the whole way (laughs) because I know I can't do it all, you know? Right. so I, I kind of take a little more of that stance where I actually don't feel like I'm in like competition with anyone, literally ever. They're my collaborators. They're my, they're people who inspire me. They may have the same gift from the universe that I got. Awesome. Cause they're going to figure out things that I haven't. And hopefully we both propel each other to greatness or hopefully work together at some point. Right. Right. I also find it fascinating. I love this part is whenever you get the idea and you start working on it and then, you know, you have some thoughts of like maybe futuristic things, but then all of a sudden things start coming together and then opportunities just start opening up that you hadn't thought of or it wasn't on your immediate to-do list, right? And I don't know, just like just start getting opportunities that start coming in that broaden your horizons and your yeah. mindset and perspective. And like, Oh, I guess I could do that too. I could add that. I could include that. Right. Like, yeah. I think it's so fun. And it brings the people in. Like, yeah. It's like, I feel like, they, like are you yeah. kidding me? Like this person wants to work with me. Like, <laughs> like yes. Yeah. Right, yes. That's a big this yes. This is how like, they perceive. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I used to watch you on stages like 10 years ago and said, I'm going to someday talk to that person. And now that they're not just talking, they're like, Angie, I want to work with you. I'm like, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's so great. It is. Right. It right. is. So how do you get to that spot? I think you have to do that inner work. You really have to get to the point where you're like, my ideas matter. They are a blessing. Mm -hmm. They're a reason that I have been given this. I feel confident in my ability to execute. You don't have to know how. You just have to know that you're willing to figure it out. Yeah. That's it. Um, And I think that little bit of confidence here and there and that passion, which is why I think it is important to be passionate about whatever you do. 
that's what like the energy emanates into the universe and other people feel it. And that allows them to say, hey, I want to be part of that or I don't. But if you aren't putting out that energy, no one will ever find you. Yeah. Um, so I think it all starts with like you and finding those passions and, you know, saying no to all of the other things. Yeah. Yeah. I think women have to be very careful because we tend to say, I think saying no is a discipline and a learned behavior that we have to instill in us. At least, I guess I'm personally talking about my friends too, you know, like, yeah. uh, I don't know why human beings are like that, but, um, yeah, it's okay to say no. Yeah. And I mean, women, it's absolutely beautiful that if you need something, call a woman. Right. Right. And they will. She'll figure it out. Yeah. They will help you. They will walk through the mud with you. They will, you know, they are there for you. Your core, you know, like I have very core women friendships that like anything goes down. They'll be like, that's unfortunate. Let me help you. I'm in it with you, girl. All right. So, <laughs> right. Um, so I think that part is absolutely beautiful. And I wouldn't want us to like lose that. But mm-hmm. there's that fine line of like, I don't need to take on and rescue you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we go too far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For mm-hmm. sure. So as along your journey, especially your founder journey, what would be some takeaways that you have? Like your top few takeaways that you, I don't know if they'd be advice or what, Mm -hmm. what have you, but what would be your takeaways? I mean, I think number one is that I don't care where you came from. I don't know who you know or what you know, like you have a source of brilliance in you. It's there. Like, I don't even want to debate it. It's there. If you could just accept it, that'd be wonderful. (laughs) The world wants you to accept your brilliance, please. (laughs) And then once you do, that's when all the doors start opening. And one of the doors that we touched on is like who you surround yourself with matters. And so once you start emanating out of like, these are the things I believe in, what I care about, you're going to find those people But in that meantime, it can be kind of lonely. And when you're transitioning up from people who feel kind of that victim mentality or like everything happens to me, wah, Mm -hmm. wah, life is hard. I don't know why I'm here. Like it's there, they're in that struggle bus constantly. And you don't necessarily want to be in that struggle bus anymore for you before you like find your other people, you have to find your voice like you were saying. Mm -hmm. So really just like embrace that voice. You know, everything happens for you. It does not happen to you. You know, you are like this amazing, magical creator and just go and do it. Right. I love it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Uh, What's your favorite book? Wow. Or what would be a book that you'd recommend since you're a big reader? What would be a book you'd recommend to other entrepreneurs starting out? Hands down, my favorite book of this entire year has been 10X is Better Than 2X 
by Dan Sullivan and Dr. Benjamin Hardy. I haven't read it. 10X oh, is better. Wow. Get ready. Um, <laughs> well, so we're going to put that on there. Okay. Yeah, you have to. Uh, please, I, I challenge you to put it on your list. Like, go do it now. Audiobook. I, I like the audiobook because you can hear directly from the authors. So it's a, it's yeah. a great insight. I recommend the audiobook. I'm a note taker. Um, and yeah. that's the, uh, I love audiobooks. But sometimes I want to like, oh, refer back to it. And I'm like, dang, uh, it's hard to do that in there. But you can set. It is. You bookmarks. can bookmark it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I, what's really cool about these two authors is they play off of each other talking about like Dan Sullivan's great experience in many, many years, decades of being an entrepreneur and Dr. Benjamin Hardy, who kind of thinks like, what does it take to become that person? And you kind of meld those together and they talk about who, not how, finding the right people on your team, how to help them achieve greatness so you can achieve greatness. They mm -hmm. talk about, um, you know, living in the, the, they call it the, the gap in the gain, living in the gain, not the gap. So like everything you do, be happy, like look back and be very grateful of everything you did, not everything that's lacking. Mm. And when you put all of their lessons together, you're going to see that completely transforming your life and taking those huge steps forward is actually easier than these tiny little baby steps you've been doing. Mm. And uh, it, it absolutely like it's almost become, I don't want to say a Bible, that's pretty steep. But, <laughs> but it's like every time I'm feeling a little bit of doubt as an entrepreneur, I just kind of go back to a section here or there and like re-listen to that. And like, yep, this is the thing that I need to work on today. So yeah. it's, it's fantastic. I highly recommend. Love it. I love it. Uh, I can't wait to read it. Fine. Yeah. I, that reminds me of enjoying the journey like we're all trying to get mm. to the pot of gold but once you t get to the pot of gold like then what right like i've heard so many stories about all of these famous people successful entrepreneurs um founders that have made it and they're millionaires and billionaires and they get to that point and then they're like yeah, I'm not happy. I'm not fulfilled. I'm not this. I'm not that. Right. Cause Ooh. for a variety of reasons, some of them, yeah. uh, lack human connection. Some of them just thought that money would make them happy. Right. And so it seems to be a topic that has been coming up the past couple of weeks of like listening. There were different things I took away from all of this, but this week it's like, you have to enjoy the journey that gets you to your pot of gold and something new will fester when it's to the pot of gold. As long as you're doing it for the right reasons, I think mm -hmm. your pot of gold will be more enjoyable than if you're just doing it for money, shall we say? Right. Like, yeah, but it's the journey that you have to embrace and love and learn along the way. Right. Which is mm -hmm. kind of like what you were saying, like the big thing. I haven't read the book, but it, sounds like it chimes in with that thought process mm -hmm. too. Like I think a lot of times people are on the race and they don't sit back and just really, especially when they go through challenges or mistakes or hurdles or obstacles. Um, I just think 
we could take a step back and even though it may feel like the end of the like this is the end of the world or this is a nightmare you take a step back and ask yourself what can i learn from this and i think that it will shift your perspective a bit exactly right everything happens for you not to you right Right. As, as harsh as it sounds, you know, at the time when you're in it, it's terrible. <laughs> it's really not fun. But then you look back and you're like, that had to happen to get me here. Yeah. And that happens every single time. Like I look back at all the devastating times in my life. I just put those in quotes for people listening because they were devastating at the moment. But those were also my greatest sources of growth. Yeah. So like there are in a way you've got to welcome them too right 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 it's not like you're asking for <laughs> devastation but no, you can certainly not at they all are, they are the i think they are the foundation for growth yes yeah we have to be grateful for all the experiences i guess yes. i should say yes you know yes um yes yeah yeah that's awesome so uh where can people find you how do you like to connect with people if if mm-hmm. someone wants to reach out for any of the services that you offer as well as just to connect with you? Yeah, I mean, you can find us on, uh, can find me on LinkedIn. So it's just Angie-Schwab, S-C-H-W-A-B. Really simple. Find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I would love, I'm going to put out into the universe now and who's ever listening, Um, I love to work with other businesses, entrepreneurs. So if you are in a point where you want to create a software solution, but you don't really know how or how to implement that for your business, um, how to streamline things, how to add automation, like that is my jam. Like I love (laughs) to remove the hurdles, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And also, especially when it comes to clinical research. So any clinical researchers listening, if you've got a pharma company, a biotech company, you want to do research and you're finding it's really painfully slow, like I'm your gal, like reach out, let's chat, would love to help you. But LinkedIn is number one, the easiest. And then uh, for Ashford Wellness, you can just find ashfordwellness.com. And the other business, Easy Research Solutions, is just easyclinicalresearch.com. So, yeah. And that's yeah. the letter E and the letter Z. Z, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, okay, two more questions. One, how can we help you? Ah, just that. Just put it out <laughs> into the universe if anyone. Okay. You know, uh, software and specifically clinical research, I would love to hear from you. And even other people who want to like mastermind, I'm always open to that. I think we, we learn so much from each other um, as a mastermind. Love it. Okay. And then the last question is, can you share a favorite mantra um, mm. or a mantra of the week, <laughs> the mantra of yeah. the day, whatever it may be? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I have two, you know, the one that I shared already is like, like the thing I, my life revolves around is like getting through these bottlenecks to your brilliance. Like, how do we get you through this? And a lot of these revolve around should. So an, a mantra is like your true brilliance lies in your ability to filter out all the shoulds mm. to find what sets your soul on fire. Love it. And oh. 
Yes. So start saying no to some of the shoulds. And actually, I would love it if you just got rid of the word should. Like it's laced with so much negativity that should everything. Um, if you just wipe that out of your vocabulary, I, I think you'd be stronger for it. Yeah. I continue to work on this. <laughs> I know. I, I know a lot of moms struggle with should. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's good stuff, though. I like it. I'm taking some notes. Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, I so appreciate your time. It's been absolutely a ton of fun. And yes. I love your energy. And uh, I wish you all the success. But uh, definitely keep in touch because uh, I think it's fun. And we can swap book ideas for sure. Uh, absolutely. And pain points about, you know, walking miles as children and <laughs> living on farms. Yeah. It's so I find it interesting though, you, you were in a class of five, like that's five. small that we had a Catholic school in our area that had like three to five people in their classes. They eventually yes. morphed over to the public school of 30 kids in the yes. class. But... <laughs> it's true. We had two the teacher went from back to back. So like one side of the classroom was like fifth grade. The other side is sixth grade. There's like five and six on each side. She taught one, then swapped over to the other and taught the other. So there was still only 11 kids in the entire room. Um, yeah, I, I look at that as quite the blessing, actually. Yeah, that's amazing. Are you like super close with all of those folks? Oddly enough, not like we keep in contact, but not like super close. But I would say I'm really proud of seeing their development too. You mm. know, like they all went on in their own way to do, to follow their heart. So I'm like, does that have to do with being in the middle of nowhere or a small classroom size or like the fact that we kind of all looked around at each other and thought like, there's got to be something more than this. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know what it was, but um pretty proud of where everyone's gone. Oh, that's great. That's yeah. great. Yeah, I can't say the same. But uh <laughs> <laughs> sorry. No, I think it's amazing. I think that's awesome. Uh I love it. I admire people that stay close to the everyone in their classrooms, but mm -hmm. uh, or that they grew up with. Uh, it's all dynamics, right? Uh, so it's all good. I love it. And you went it, to college, it, right? You didn't become a nurse. You didn't work at the bank. And, um, right. <laughs> or, uh, yeah. uh, one of the others. <laughs> like the the gas station. Yeah. So <laughs> I, we had a gas station in town and, uh, that's where I worked when I was like in high school. And that was seriously like the business in town. Oh, we also had a, a bar. So, you yeah. know, a gas station and a bar. And I didn't necessarily see that I wanted to be in those. <laughs> so the only right. other option is, you know, just go to school. Right. Right. Yep. Oh, goodness. Did you, were you in 4-H? No. Uh-uh. No? And I even thought, like, those kids were cool, but I didn't even have time for that, you know? <laughs> They're like, you don't need to be in 4-H. You have a farm right here. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's funny. That's interesting. So did you I have know. to feed the chickens and the oh, cows? Oh, yes. Yeah. Wake up before school and go out and do all the chores and come back in and get ready and then walk the mile and then get to school by 730. So it was like, it's... Yeah, that was a long driveway, man. Yeah, it was. And my poor brother, 
(laughs) So he's a couple years younger than me, but you know, like there's like Minnesota blizzards, right? I'm like, Hey Matt, you walk first and I'll walk right behind you. (laughs) And he is so good because he's like, well, fine, I'll do it. You know, (laughs) no, you get through these things together. Oh my goodness. That's crazy. Well, it's been a blessing to have you on the show and I hope you enjoy Mexico. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little jelly, but welcome uh, to come visit yeah <laughs> love yeah. it uh so yeah. enjoy your vagabond uh travels and keep us posted and um we'll definitely spread the word if you enjoy listening to our podcast subscribe to our channel the wild feather if you want to learn more about our guests or their products and companies You can visit our website at thewildfeatherpodcast.com. While you're there, you can sign up for our newsletter to receive info on our upcoming episodes. Follow us on social media to get the latest deets. We're on all of them, so pick your favorite and follow us. And if you're a founder and need funding or accelerator info or business resources, you can go to our website, thewildfeatherpodcast.com and find some valuable information and resources there. No matter if you're a founder, your investor, or what your path is, just remember you were born with wings.